0: hello and welcome you're listening to the investor lab my name is goose my name is gabby and you are lucky enough to have (laughs) found the audio visual epicenter for passionate people seeking a life of freedom choice and abundance is that this that's this and you are here so congratulations you made it and we are delighted to serve you now we, um, we had another really, oh, I think I always say, oh, we had a really interesting episode. But I do find it very interesting. They're very interesting. They are very interesting. And if you're listening to this, I know you're going to get a lot out of it. Gabby, what did we hit on today?
1: We went deep into psychographics. Yeah. I think because psychographics get confused a lot with demographics. And I think a lot of people give a lot of weight to demographics as in like the stats about the people. But not enough conversation is happening about psychographics.
0: I, I honestly, I don't think a lot of people have never even heard the word. Nah. So, under, so what we talked about today was uh, psychographics versus demographics. What is the greater driver of growth? Mm-hmm. Um, how you can use psychographics in your investing journey? What else do we talk about? We covered heaps of ground. I went into I went into like etymology of.
1: The words say etymology. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're going to etymology. What else do we cover today, Gabby?
1: Um, we're just talking about how, like, psychographics is kind of the the wants and the desires and the shifting values of people, and how that really impacts, um, if you're trying to identify a location to invest in or, or how it affects your current investments, um, and their potential to perform over time. Um, and then we're talking about basically like landlords, how landlords can. Really get an edge on other investors to understand why people are where they are. Why are your tenants in your home and why are they going to stay there for the long term?
0: Yeah, I would even go as far as to say that understanding psychographics is the key to real estate investing success (sighs) on, on any level. Wow. On any level. I'll say that again. Understanding psychographics is the key to real estate investing success on any level. And we unpack exactly how to do that in this episode so i'm going to stand by my claim that this is an interesting episode and i'm sure you're (laughs) going to get a lot out of it too and if you do then please let us know because i'd love to hear from you about that now this did stem from a conversation we had inside one of our private members trainings Um, and if you want to be able to participate in those trainings and get um, deeper more integrated insight into how to advance your property journey and your personal wealth story then just head to the investor lab Dot, com dot au forward slash join the community now this is really going to be a great episode for anyone who has an interest in really understanding the movements of people and markets mm. and investing
1: i think if you're one of the it's going to help if you're one of those people who loves looking at information and data points but the real joy that you get out of it and the real thrill you get is actually connecting the dots and discovering the story between those dots because I think that's what psychographics really is.
0: Totally. So there's, there's not just, it's not just a big ramble. There's a lot of um, practical and tactical advice. Um, we tell you where to go find some information, how to find all this kind of stuff and how to look at these kind of things. So there's a lot of practical advice in there. So if you really want to uh, start to think with new paradigms but then able to be able to act on those paradigms, this is going to be a great episode for you. So, again, if you do want to find out some of the many ways that we can help your personal wealth journey, just head to theinvestorlab.com.au and um, participate. And if you like this, please share the love. Tell somebody else about it. Tell a friend. Like, share, subscribe, and do all of the good stuff. Thanks, guys. (laughs) We'll see you on the inside. Hey, Gabby, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Very, very well, thanks. Very well. Awesome. What's, what's, uh, what's, what's news in your world over there? Over here. Over on that side. Over, over on, on the that other side of, of, the, of the desk. On that side of the uh, podcast studio.
1: Well, it is another lovely, crisp morning in Bondi Beach. There are birds chirping. It's a delightful day.
0: So we're doing a little audio test in this um, podcast <laughs> episode, so a little bit of feedback. So if you're watching the video, you might notice that we don't have these giant big black socks.
1: He's very self-conscious of the socks.
0: Well, no, they're, like, they're huge, right? They're huge. And I just, I don't know, I will say I've, I've been watching other people's podcasts. and I've been getting microphone envy and I'm like, they all look so nice without the big black socks.
1: We're working on it.
0: We're working on Constant it. Constant so,
1: improvement every day.
0: Yeah. Every so, day. let us know if you uh, notice any discernible audio. How
1: is the audio now?
0: So good. So, so good. good. Anyway, <laughs> what are we, uh, we going to be talking about today, Gabby? What's, what's, on, what's well, on the agenda? What's on the, what's on the plate?
1: Well, I personally, right, I think this is a very interesting topic. A little bit biased because I chose the topic. So, we're going to talk about psychographics, which kind of came up through uh, the last member training we did in our online membership. Um, we did a location deep dive into somewhere that we're buying right now and you touched on something really interesting that a lot of people have actually commented on since that training about the idea of psychographics layered with you know, demographics but psychographics and how that indicates potentially a good place to invest and potentially a future strong prospect for capital growth uh and yeah a lot of people just went that's really interesting and that's something i hadn't really thought about could you talk about that a bit more so that's what we're going to talk about today
0: it sounds good sounds okay. good to me yeah i guess i uh, i remember during that members training i didn't really think that much of it but yeah. um it's interesting uh, it's interesting when other people kind of point out um thinking differences because i love thinking
1: yeah you have a, you have a tendency to to think about a lot of stuff in a lot of different ways, and it's not until people kind of point out, like, you know what, goose, that really changed the way that I thought. And then you're like, oh, yeah, awesome. I think about that a bit differently. That's cool. I brought some value in that way.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think that that's, um If I'm really honest, I think that that's the way that I bring value into into this whole space. There's a True. lot of there's a lot of people that talk about property, uh, and there's a lot of people who have got bigger portfolios, and there's a lot of different stuff. There's a lot of different ego metrics out there. You know, I'll never pretend to be anything I'm not, but one thing I do think I bring into the space is a way to a different way to think about it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited actually to explore this idea of psychographics versus demographics. Awesome. Cool. So where do you want to start? I mean, there's a lot to unpack there.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. So I think the most obvious place to start is a comparison with demographics. So when we talk about Demographics, what are we talking about generally?
0: Okay, so uh, let's, take a little, um, let's take a little step back and let's go into etymology now. Oh, good. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, etymology is important. So if you don't know what etymology is, it's the, it's the study of the root source of language and words and mm-hmm. stuff. Okay, so if we look at the uh, etymology of demography, so there's two, two key distinct things that we're going to be looking at here. Dem- demography and psychography, demographics and psychographics. So Demo or demotic is the um, the branch, or dem- demography is the branch of anthropology which which studies life conditions by people and it's vital social statistics, and that comes from demotic or demos, which means people, right? So it's the study of people,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's the study of people statistics. Graphy in that context in that context is about writing recording a description it's a process of writing a recording so essentially if you look mm-hmm. at demography you're looking at the recording of the statistical information of people that's the easiest kind of way to, to bridge that mm-hmm. when you then say psychography it is again graphy the recording of in some way the psyche or the psychology this is why it's psycho right so so that's the mind, mental, spirit, unconscious, right? So, this is, this is essentially the two different um, studies and way to think about it. Now, mm-hmm. we'll go a little further and we'll kind of explain those differences uh, a little more. Because if you think about it like this, d- demographics is, is basically the kind of information you would get out of the census, you know? So, it's… Yep. Um, statistical it's statistical it's statistical data it's stuff like age gender race location employment status things like that Mm -hmm. psychographics is a little more about personality values principles interests lifestyle so all of this kind of stuff now um there's a there's a famous um I'm just going to call him a, a, a famous a famous negativist, uh, Harry Dent. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a he's a he's his whole seems to be his whole life purpose is to um, constantly talk about all the uh, the world ending, right? And um, you know, if you say the world's going to end frequently enough, you, you know, you may you may eventually get something right. <laughs> um, Nonetheless, Harry Dent is an intelligent guy. He's just got a different perspective on the world that I have. But he 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 kind of says, "Show me your demography, and I'll show you your future." Right? And this is mm-hmm. his whole big thing. He so he talks about market crashes a lot. And if you trace Harry Dent's um, narrative back over the last thirty years, I think he's called about. I think he's every pretty much every year the world's going to end. Right. Uh, into, right. e- economically and everything like that, and but he hedges, he hedges all of his thinking on on demography, which is which is great, and it's v- super important. Like understanding understanding the statistically relevant data for people, places, all of that stuff is critical. It's super, super important. However, I challenge Harry's perspective, and I don't say, show me your demography, show me your future. I say, show me your emotions, and I'll show you your future.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the thing that drives behaviour is not statistical data. The way I behave is not because I'm 34. the The way that I behave is not because I'm in Bondi. You, you understand? So there's a there's a complete, um, like, totally dis- disconnect from the statistically relevant data and the way people act, and you know sentiment drives intent so you've got to kind of think you could have a sample size of a thousand people and lump them into demographic categories and say okay um, we're going to have people aged between 25 and 35 and we want them all to be of a caucasian background and all to live in the greater sydney region and how many different types of people do you think would be there? I mean, you and I would be in that group. Mm-hmm. And we're completely different people. <laughs> yes, We act in different ways. We think in different ways. Our emotions drive our behavior in different ways. What we want to buy is different. Our love language is different. The way we interact with our family is different. Our hopes, dreams, and desires in the fu- uh, for the future. And whilst we share a common vision, we have different, like, we have different components of that. You know, there's things I want that you don't and there's things that you want that I don't. And together, like we're on this journey together and how wonderful. I mean, you know, love's great, isn't it? But <laughs> this, is, this is the point that I'm making. If you just compare statistical data, you're going to give yourself a, I think, a false sense of, a false sense of understanding about the people, you know. Is this making sense? Is this relevant? Is this good for what you want?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking of it, I, I think in an easy way to kind of really boil it down, it's like demographics are the, are the what of like what the people are, what their age is, what gender they are, what race they are, what their employment status is. It's the what, whereas the psychographics is more about the why and the story behind those people and what motivates them. Yeah,
0: it's the human, it's the human behavior element. Yeah. There. And
1: so, so much more interesting. Isn't it's, it? it's
0: so much more interesting because you've got to think, you know, everyone thinks that statistics drive property price growth and it's just not, it's just not true. Statistics, statistics are a fantastic indicator. They form part of a suite of information. Mm-hmm. So if you think about, uh, if you really want to understand anything, you need to understand both the quantitative and the qu- qualitative. Uh, well, it's not true. Not anything. You probably wouldn't like there's probably a lot of stuff out there in science and mathematics where you really just need the quantitative analysis, right? So,
1: yep.
0: But if you're thinking about people, like people are not numbers. Like pe- no. people are, you know, they are numbers filled with spirit and, and that changes things. That changes things massively. Mm. You know, desire desire is much stronger than, than um, statistics.
1: Mm. Okay. So under the lens of... Property investing. Do you think that psychographics is actually more important than demographics, or yeah. are, they, are they in tandem, or are there certain?
0: I, I, I don't think you can ever. I don't think you can ever look at only one side of the coin. You can't just go, okay, well, how do people feel, and therefore it's a good idea to invest. You need to look at. You need to look at all of it. Mm-hmm. But if I had to weight the two, I would choose. I would choose to understand um, the emotional profile of an area more than the statistics and let me explain that Mm -hmm. everyone thinks the population is the single greatest driver of growth or more people move in an area and they think in a very um simplistic uh uh equation sense there's two sides of the equation there's a certain number of houses and there's a certain number of people and if there's more houses than people at at the you know the ratio of 2.4 people per house Mm -hmm. if there's more houses than if there's more people than houses then Demand is exceeding supply, therefore, the prices will go up. Well, that's just not, it's just not true. Like you can have house price growth grow dramatically more in areas that see less population growth because the psychographic profile of the area has changed. Mm. And this is the thing that people miss. You know, there's a reason. Like if you just looked at, if you just looked at statistical data, you could say, well, why is Byron Bay... Any different to Yamba, and if, it's funny. I've mentioned this is the third, at least the third episode that I've mentioned Yamba. Well, I, <laughs> I was listening back actually. to some old episodes, and I'm, I've mentioned it in at least two previous episodes. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little Freudian thing going on there. So a little little segue. <laughs> I've had this secret burning desire to start a Provador in Yamba for about ten years. So I think that started to come through. But like, what is what <laughs> like what is actually like what is actually the difference between Byron Bay, Yamba, Port Macquarie? Sydney, you know any number of places. Well, they're all on the Mm. coast. They've all got a beach. Like, what's what's the like? What's the difference? And why why is Byron Bay? People go. Oh, well, there's more people in Byron Bay. Yeah, now, like, there's more people in Byron Bay than Yamba now. Mm. But why did that happen? Why was there a movement of people to go there? Why did that become a more desirable? place and then when you look at property prices in a place like Byron Bay versus Yamba there's a massive difference and that comes down to desirability you know at the end of the day they're both on the east coast you can watch sunrise over the water you can go swim along the beach Yamba ostensibly may provide a better lifestyle maybe but the desirability to live in Byron is much higher and that's driven up property prices and so this this then deviates now there is going to be some there is going to be some uh, elements of Demographic analysis in there, and I don't have the stats for for Yamba, but one might one might one might take a view that Yamba has maybe an older population. It's a little bit more of a retirees type town, and Bondi, uh, sorry uh, Byron, might be you know a little bit more hip and cool. But even that, it's like, how did that happen? Like, how did that split happen, and why? And like, what is going to drive those two things? And is there any reason that Yamba won't be worth as much as Byron Bay in, say, ten years' time. You know, you know, and this is where the split happens.
1: What do you think are some of those early signs of what would split that psychographic between places like Byron Bay and Yamba?
0: Well, we were actually doing some property research yesterday, Gabby, and you pointed out that um, right near one of the properties that we were uh, looking at for one of our <laughs> clients, there was a there was a laundromat that had free Wi Fi and. I called it, it was
1: swanky, swanky laundromat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was this swanky laundromat. G- Gabby's hot tip. Yeah. Did they serve coffee or something? <laughs> I think they did. Something. Yeah. it was like. No, they had a website. They had a they website. It was right? laundromat. And Gabby's like, oh, there's a swanky laundromat, right? <laughs> it's so funny. I'm over on this side of the Oh, there's this fancy laundromat. And I'm thinking, what's this fancy laundromat? What is going on here? And you're like, it's got Wi-Fi. It's got a website. And I don't know. Right? All this stuff. Now. <laughs> now, that's a funny little analogy, but these are the kind of things, okay? Now, I'm not suggesting everyone just go out there and start searching for laundromats because that's the key to growth, <laughs> right? But what we're talking about is gentrification. Mm. Now, demographics can give you an insight into gentrification. However, gentrification is a, is a psychographic shift of an area. Mm. So, what we look for in terms of that is you need to, you need to think about, you, like, it's qualitative, okay? So, there is no... If you see six of these things and two of those things, therefore that equals gentrification and at a rate of 2.3% per year, that's just not how it works.
1: It's not purely mathematical.
0: It's not, no, it's qualitative, yep. right? So anything that's qualitative, you, it requires a bit of thinking, which is I think why a lot of people miss psychographics in their process. And I think it's completely... It, so if you, if you take an area um where the average age is 35 and let's just say the average age has been 35 let's just take a let's just make up something here Say the average age has been 35 for the last five years okay and then what would what would change about that area to um drive up property prices more jobs perhaps okay that's good um, that's good because that 's going to drive some income that might change some employment, but more so it 's going to change sentiment mm. what else What else might drive property price growth? a new supermarket why Because people feel a little more connected mm. uh, what else oh a maybe an improvement of the parks better community feel, better neighborhood feel because all of these things really contribute, which is actually why, which is actually why. When we look for areas, we look at public housing percentages in streets, yep. or in the or in the micro pockets of that suburb at least. Now, not because there's anything wrong with people who live in public housing, but because you want to you you psychographically profiling the um, the neighbourhood feel, and it's the same thing. This is why we this is why we look at how many renters are in a street or a or a pocket of a suburb versus homeowners. Not because there's anything wrong with renters. We rent right now. We're rent investors, right? There's nothing wrong with renters. I don't, there's nothing wrong. But homeowners are more likely to uh, do capital improvements on their property for beautification and, and you know, emotional satisfaction. Tenants won't, and there's no incentive for them to do that. They might move out after a few years. Now, these small things contribute to an overarching community feel. Now community feel changes the sentiment of an area and the desirability of an area. Mm. Does this this is kind of make sense? This no, is, it does, yeah. Yeah, this is the reason that somewhere like Turak is worth more than somewhere like Richmond in Melbourne. Like they're not that far apart. Like we're not we're not talking like one has a fast track to the city and the other one doesn't. In fact, Richmond's probably got better transport links than Turak. Yeah. But everyone's like, oh yeah, but the rich people live in Turek. But why? Like like why? Why? Mm-hmm. What is the story? And that's the thing that people miss. And that that is a much larger contributor to property price growth, in my opinion, than pure demographics. Interesting. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's it's like it's a missing piece that no one cares about.
1: Yeah. It's kind of the um like if you've ever been to an area, like a somewhere you're not familiar, and you go to a cafe and the coffee might cost two dollars, and it's almost pretty well correlated with the demand and house prices in the area.
0: Yeah, well, if you went into a cafe, whereas and you, around and here, you, saw, you
1: know, people people it's normal to spend five dollars on a coffee, and other people might make fun of that, mm. like oh, you move it to Bondi, you're going to spend five dollars on a coffee, but you know that this area has a higher median price and it's a it's a higher psychographic area i suppose
0: yeah 100 percent. yeah so you pointed out something really interesting there you know like if you go into a cafe and coffee's two dollars you might think oh my god how cool coffee's two dollars but you're also gonna think well it's pretty cheap isn't it? mm-hmm. and you know and you naturally a part of you will go what does that say either about the cafe or about the community yeah and I guarantee you, you'll start to think, these are the nuanced, these are the nuanced so differences. so many nuances. These are the nuanced differences. Look, everyone thinks that, uh, 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 let me just rephrase this differently. A healthy economy is not dictated by the amount of money within it. It's dictated by the speed at which that money moves around. Yeah, okay, that, that is one of the biggest levers of it because like volume of money is good, but if it doesn't change hands, if people are scared to spend it, if there's a reason for that, now, that is going to slow things down more than ever. And we can see mm-hmm. this at the moment. Um, we can see this at the moment in the current economy. There is not actually less money. In fact, there is more money in Australia right now than there was. The government's been printing it. They're giving it away by the billions. There's more money. So why isn't everyone richer? Like, why isn't, why isn't, uh, why isn't everyone just spending heaps more money? Like, what, like, why aren't we all like, yo, Scomos is handing out billions. Let's go shopping. Psychographics. Mm, sentiment. Sentiment, right? So, there's a couple of, um, a cu- I, one of my favorite websites is a website called Trading Economics. It might sound a little dry, um, <laughs> but I love, I love data. Here's the thing. I love data, and I, but I also love human psychology right and so trying to, and then trying to understand how those two things are layered in together like they 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 don't they don't they're not they don't live in separate houses they sleep in bed together yeah and this is this is the thing you know if you think about that you know, you can't make babies without two sides of an equation and there are two halves to create this whole. If the picture is a whole, it's made up of two sides and the sides are demographics and psychographics. Now, it's super, super interesting. In April, the Consumer Confidence Index, well, so in March, the Consumer Confidence Index was 91.9. I don't need to go into how the numbers are calculated, but it was 91.9, which was kind of like fairly normal-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in April, the Consumer Confidence Index absolutely crashed down to 75.6, which is the lowest um, it's been in the last, in the last five, it's been the lowest it's been in, well, I can expand the graph actually. Out is to that it. nationally? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's the lowest it's been since uh, the late 80s, right? Wow. Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. In fact, it's the lowest it's been since, since the-
1: Worse than the GFC.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worse than the GFC, not quite as bad as the uh, late 80s and early 90s recession and all of the stuff that happened then. Nonetheless, though, it crashed to 75.6. I don't think we all felt that, right? Even if you had your job still and you still had the same amount of money coming in, almost certainly you weren't spending it in the same way.
1: Yeah. Actually, no, I read a stat. I don't have the stat I mean, but I read it the other day about, um, I think in April that... Overall, income dropped like 18 I think, no, it dropped like 8%, but consumer spending dropped 18%. Correct. Which is, you know, there's a 10% disparity of people saving money and not spending. So, that means that money is not circulating in their local economy.
0: Correct, correct. Yeah. And what do you think causes businesses to close?
1: Lack of... Velocity Cash, money.
0: yeah, lack of the velocity of money, right? And then what happens when business is And this creates a very bad environment. This is why, this is why the most important thing is consumer sentiment. And this is why the government is so like, okay, 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 how do we make everyone feel good? Like we've got to make sure everyone feels good and keeps spending money. Yeah, there's taxes and revenues and stuff like that. You know, the government is a business at the end of the day too. But it's it's about avoiding the doom loop that happens when people get scared and get negative. Now, interestingly, interestingly, uh, consumer confidence index has um, jumped back up to 88.1. Hmm. And I think that uh, qualitatively we can all uh, look, think think about how we feel now compared to how we felt three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, <gasps> I think the world's going to end. And then like, hey, now it's like, well, restrictions have been easing, there's a bit more normality, yeah. oh, cafes are open, oh, yeah, yeah I'm going to get back into it, right? And so this changes the, this changes the, the confidence.
1: Yeah, it's like that, there's that hope piece, isn't there? It's like people can kind of, no, it's not back to normal by any means, but people can see the light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Absolutely, right? Yeah. And, so, so, and, and this is what I mean, that, that sentiment drives intent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Get sentiment back. Get people believing that they are going to survive, thrive, prosper, and they will. Like mindset, the mind, like it's so funny. It, look, personal development and everything like that, we all talk about mindset. Mindset is the most important thing to a national economy. Mm. Like, we just need everyone to have the right mindset. Everyone needs to go and create a vision board and, <laughs> and do all this kind of stuff. And like, you Love know. Love
1: to see ScoMo's vision. Oh,
0: board. everyone just needs to, everyone needs to, you know, do a little bit of meditation, get a vision board going on, write out a plan, you know, have some affirmations and start reading some books and watch the economy skyrocket. Like, it's, it's so funny because the mindset of a nation will dictate the health of a nation. And what we and it's interesting as well, just looking at trading economics. And I'll drop some links in the um, show notes for this as well. Um, business confidence um, went from m- minus one in January, which was a little, a little low, but not not no, you know, it's not statistically negative. Yeah, it was negative, minus one in January, but it was you know it was two in October. So it's like we're not we're talking different number sets, mm. right? Yep. Um. However, in uh, March it dropped to. Was that March? March, April, it dropped to minus 66. But now it's back up to minus 46. So business confidence is starting to improve. It's very interesting though, isn't it? Because the unemployment rate has skyrocketed. Mm. So what do those two things tell us? Unemployment has skyrocketed. That's a demographic. Demographic. That's demographic. Unemployment, statistics, numbers, people out of work. Confidence is improving. So those two things are co- operate completely differently. You've got business confidences on the improve. You've got consumer confidences on the improve. And you've got jobs are uh, are smashed. They're, de- they're destroyed right? You <laughs> know, in a lot of cases. A lot of talk about eight hundred and fifty thousand jobs uh, coming back online in the next coming months, which is great. Which is great. But if you go from a position of having no job and having no idea where your money is going to be coming from, and then still having no job, but feeling like the end is in sight, do you think you go and start spending money and hanging out with your friends, go to the shops, go get a kid? You'd be like, well, it's not going to last forever, is it? Yeah, mm. this, is, this, is, this is the split. So you can't always just look at the statistics. You have to look at how people feel. And where we can see that really applying to, um, to property investors is when you start to see the gentrification change of, a, of an area. Now, you can use... Demographics to get an understanding of that. Now y- you can look at what are the core industries. Yeah. How? What is the percentage of people in those industries? You know, if you if you if you're in an area where the local industry is seventy five percent farming. Then you can start to think, okay, well, then how old are the farmers? Like if it's 75% farming and the average age in the area is 35, okay, you've got all these young farmers. Maybe they're a little bit more proactive. You, and then you start looking at, okay, what, what is the community like? Is there, th- is there a church per 1,000 people? Like, you know, what's the – how? and then you can start to understand what this area is like. You can just really start to get a picture. Vice versa, if you went to an area and it was like at 75% agriculture and the average age is 75, you'd be like, ooh, like it's an area of old farmers. Mm. The same kind of thing applies when you're talking about any area. You can go, okay, well, how much of it is agriculture? How much of it is manufacturing? How much of it is construction? How much of it is professional services? How much of it is hospitality? How much of it is healthcare? And then you can start to go, okay, cool, because certain types of people gravitate towards certain types of jobs. You know, you can, you can profile the types of people that work in those kind of sectors as well. And then you can start to look at the age. And okay, okay, is it a young area? Is it getting younger or is it getting older? And what, um, what, look at the commerce plan. So look at the council commerce plan and go, okay, is there a plan to um, beautify the streets and uh, to encourage new business? And, you know, and are there more cafes opening? For Cafes are a great sign. Like Cafes are a great indicator because we've got such a cafe culture in Australia, particularly in the millennial age group, uh, you know, which is anywhere up to 40 now. You know, people like to go out and get a coffee. It doesn't make economic sense to do that. It doesn't make any sense to go to a cafe. It doesn't. <laughs> it like, doesn't. It makes no sense. You can make a coffee at home. But everyone loves it because it's a little treat. It's a little little thing that makes them feel a little bit sophisticated (laughs) makes them feel a little bit cosmopolitan and this is important you know because sentiment drives intent you not only okay so what is the percentage split of how people are working but also then how are they spending their time okay so you then start to look at okay what are the what are the community features that are encouraging people to want to be around here are there trees in the streets are there nice parks is it somewhere that they would raise their family or is it somewhere that they're purely there for utility right and this is where this is what starts to drive a lot of lot of the change in an area
1: yeah okay it's sounding like a big part of it is is a switch from i guess quantity into quality of life so it's it's more about like people are willing to spend a little bit more to have something a little bit nicer because they enjoy it a bit more
0: well, I mean, you don't even need to try and hypothesise about this. Like, just tell me where. Like, anyone listening to this, just think about it. Where do you want to live? Like, do you want to live? Do you want to live somewhere where you're um, scared of going outside? You, if you're a female, you don't want to be home alone. If you're a man, you don't want to, or a male, you don't want to leave your partner at home. Like, do you want to live in that kind of an area? no of course not you want to feel safe you want to feel like you can even if you don't have a dog you might you want to be able to think oh i could get a dog and i could take him down to the park wouldn't it be fun i'll throw the ball and i love being so close to the shots it makes me feel like i'm part of a community everyone wants to be part of a community everyone the thing that happens is happening in this society is there's a greater disconnect than ever before so more people crave community now. Stuff like transport links, super important. They're not the be all and end all. You can have a house that is like, okay, it's 300 meters from a train station. And that's that's great. That's cool. That's cool. However, if you look at the profile of the area and you discover that no one catches the train because none of or, or very few people catch the train because very few people need that as a methodology to get to where they're working and everyone else drives cars, then you can actually find that the convenience of that, that asset is, is, is irrelevant.
1: Yeah. Or say like the median age is like 65, so they're all retirees and don't go anywhere. Yeah. They don't need to train. Yep. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And so you've got to kind of look at all of these things together. And that's why I don't think, there's a, I don't think there is a magic bullet. I think you need to, you need to look at um, how do people want to live.
1: Mm. Yeah, it seems like an interesting, an interesting plane of like shifting values between the people that live in an area. It's like if you can identify how their belief systems are changing or what they value and what they prioritize is shifting. Yeah, that's just something really important to watch for us.
0: One hundred percent. But here's the thing: don't don't just think it's all about whether it's got trees in the street and all of that kind of stuff. Affordability is important, right? So if we take if we take a suburb like. Um, Like Goodna in Ipswich. Now that's an area which is gentrifying. If you ask a local around there, someone from Ipswich area or even from the Brisbane area, they'd be like, "Oh, Goodna, what a dive!" Right? Mm -hmm. Because maybe that's how it's being perceived. Because perception is a psychographic overlay, right? But nonetheless, affordability is driving younger people out there now. Young doesn't mean anything because I know p- plenty of people my age that are not, like, not, not desirable characters. I know plenty of people my age who are way more affluent and way more successful than I am. So age doesn't mean anything, right? Just because it's cheap and it attracts young people doesn't mean anything in and of itself. Mm. But what do those people do? And what are they, what, why are they moving there? Do they want to start a family? Are they, are they working in professional services in Brisbane? Like who are they and what are their needs and wants, their hopes, dreams, desires, needs, wants and fears? This is, th- this is it. Mm. This is it in a nutshell. Now what you're going to see is they're not going to come in and start changing the colours of the streets. It's not like you're going to have five um, 30-year-old families with one kid coming in and starting six cafes and a moustache grooming tattoo shop. Right, that's just not going to happen, right? But it happens over time, and this is this is gentrification, right? And so there are leading indicators that you can look for that are going to uh, encourage this type of environment to happen. So typically, affordability is a very good thing, but only if it's supported by accessibility to a point of the point of greatest utility. Now, that accessibility can come in a few different ways. It can come via road links, rail links, or otherwise. You know, but you want accessibility to big features, you know, because Younger people have got different desires. Younger people Mm -hmm. do like to go to the city from time to time, you know, but they don't want to go there all the time. They want to know they can, you know, they don't want to feel isolated and they don't want to feel isolated in a new place that they're not familiar with, right? So you've got all these kind of uh, different overlays there and how they're spending their time. So affordability is a good uh, indicator. And you can kind of look at the median prices of areas surrounding an area and go, okay, well, is this pocket more affordable than those pockets and why? Look at public housing percentages. Look at the percentage of renters. But even percentage of renters, see, some real estate pundits will say that the percentage of renters is going to drive property price growth. Like, oh, you must invest in an area, uh, high high owner-occupier appeal and must be at least 80% owner occupiers or something like like that um, they'll wheel out these kind of statistics if you look at bondi the amount of renters in bondi is huge like the the the, i kind of i don't have the stats in front of me but i could look them up the the percentage of renters is way higher like way, like insane like crazy phenomenally higher than you any respectable real estate person would say is acceptable However, it's also blue chip, high growth, and all of this kind of stuff, right? And, and the reason, f- and there's like a many, 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 many reasons for that. And even looking at, at Bondi, for example, there's no train links to Bondi. There's no tra- there's train to Bondi Junction from where we are, though. It's like four or five kilometers to the train station. So if you think about people who say, oh, yep, you got to be within 500 meters of a train station, and it can only be 10% of our renters in the street and all of that kind of stuff. They're not taking into consideration how people are acting and behaving and what they really need and want and why they're there, you know. But there's bus links. Okay, there's bus links. Do we ever catch the bus? No. Like, people who live in Bondi barely leave Bondi. Like, there's not that much need. It's got everything they want. They moved there because it's close to the beach and there's good cafes. Easy. Like, so you don't need to overthink this either. You just need to kind of look at why are people moving there, what is their driver, and how is that going to change An area from what it was to what it could be because that's the transition that's where you get growth the growth doesn't happen because all of a sudden there's more houses and people don't just move somewhere just because they don't just decide they're just going to go oh i'm just going to move there they move there for a variety of reasons they bring with them their own hopes needs desires dreams wants and fears and then they apply that into an area and then when you see an area transition that is when you see the most growth so that's what you want to look for ah uh, do i believe that this area is going to transition from what to what and why
1: it's just so interesting
0: it's all it's all
1: very we 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 love psychology and and the deeper you can practice these critical thinking like philosophies yep. in applying it to real, like real estate investing and your general life. The better you can understand people that you interact with and yep. have connections with, the, the the just the more prosperous you'll be in whatever you're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, cause can I just say, like, this isn't just this isn't just woo woo stuff. Like, this is really practical. Like, practical. if you if you buy a house and you're like, I'm gonna renovate it, and well, who are you going to renovate it for? Like who's your target market? Mm-hmm. As a real estate investor, you're a business owner and your tenants are your clients, right? So you got to go, who's my dream client? What is their profile? If you ever, if anyone in business who hasn't done a dream client profile in some degree, who are they, what's their age? What do they think? like? Where do they hang out? How do they act? You're missing, you're missing something, right? So, and it's the same thing goes for, for real estate investors. If you are going to renovate a property, who are you renovating it for? I, and this is going to, this will dictate whether you overcapitalize or undercapitalize. You know, so many people will buy a property and then they'll renovate it because they'll go, oh, "I love, I love marble bench tops. I want one in my home." And the people there might not care about marble bench tops. Yeah. And you can overcapitalize, and you can waste your money. And then this is how people fail at renovations because they don't understand the psychographic profile of the area vice versa you could be like i'm going to do a subdivision and and because i can build apartments or units or whatever i'm going to build i'm going to build as many units as i can i'm going to build i don't let's say six one-bedroom units with no backyards they don't need backyards i can get more boxes there you might find no one in that area wants to leave in a box and that's the wrong product. You're bringing the wrong product to market because you haven't paid attention to what people want, right? What people want—they're just not numbers, right? So you might find oh, I've got a thousand square meter block. I could split that up into I don't know six townhouses, six two-bedroom townhouses. But is like—is there enough demand for that? Maybe you're better. Maybe you are better off financially to bring a better product to market that is more suited to the market, and maybe it's going to be. Three, three bedroom houses on 300 square meter blocks with a small, back, small backyard with a medium quality finish that is, um, you know, very, very simple product to bring to market because that might be better for the market. But until you take the time to consider what that market needs and what the psychographic profile is of that market, you run a very high risk of taking the wrong product to market and therefore you run a very high risk of losing money.
1: Yeah, because it sounds like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of those scenarios where people put their own, their own psychographics onto a strategy that they believe is going to benefit them or it's what they can financially afford or is going to get some result that will suit them without actually doing the extra work and understanding is this viable as a product for the market that I am delivering my product to? Exactly. Yeah, and I think so that we've touched a lot about um, you know looking for a new location and how to how to identify a location and how to use psychographics for you know somewhere new. But now we're now diving into like if you're an existing landlord and you have an existing property, how how understanding that gives you an edge compared to most investors because a lot of investors don't think about things this way. And I think like if we take – so so psychographics, a lot of that is about like why someone would move to an area, right? So if you take Bondi, for example, um, I think the renter's percentage is something like 70% or something. It's ridiculous. It's, it's way high. Um, but if you take the, the demographics, the, it's generally young families. Again, I don't have the stats of – The demographics of Bondi.
0: No, but we're around here, and we can see it, and that's the perfect example. Like we can see, we we know, we understand the psychographics around here because, like, that's why we moved here because we like it. Yeah,
1: yeah. But you can also see the psychographics based on the actually by the demographics as well because I don't see a lot of teenagers around here. I don't see a lot of between fourteen and twenty year olds around here at all. No. Which indicates that. People move here to start families. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of kids around. There's a lot of young couples and there's a lot of babies around. Yep. But, so that indicates that people move here for that particular reason because they like the idea of being in this kind of a location and the amenities for that type of lifestyle. But then as they move into a different stage of their life cycle and as they start raising teenagers, they might suddenly have a different need and need to move somewhere else. So I think as, an, as a landlord, like if you own a property in an area like Bondi, then you need to understand does my, is there a specific cycle that my, you know, my ideal avatar will you know, engage in my product, which is my property? Is there a certain point where their values are going to shift and suddenly you know, they want a bigger backyard because they want to get a dog that can run around with the kids? Or, and it's kind of getting really clear and really owning and understanding what the person in your area would want. It's not just about why they came here, but it's like, why would they potentially leave? Yeah. So again, like Bondi, (laughs) because the beach has been closed recently, a big reason why we moved here is because we love the beach. Mm. And now since the beach has been closed for nearly two months, it makes you question. Is this where we want to be? Is this where we want to be? And we have been questioning that. And it's interesting. It's like what are the different things that bring people there and what happens if they suddenly disappeared? Would people move? Totally. Would that change the psychographics?
0: It, well, it would. And I want to talk about something now because there's something I, I want to just get off my chest. I wanted to end this episode with some really practical advice. Yep. Great. All right? Some really like it's all good to kind of, okay, people get the concepts. So they understand the difference between demographics and psychographics. They understand the concepts like and what to look for and all of that kind of stuff how do you know like how can you like what's some ways that you can because people can measure statistics quite easily and you can reference them but how can you yep. measure how can you measure psychographics how can you measure sentiment right because the biggest driver in any market is going to be sentiment 100 percent. like and i'll argue with anyone about that because if people don't want to buy there they won't buy there hmm. <laughs> right like if you don't want to buy there you won't buy there and why would someone want to buy there well because the sentiment's good it's desirable right It's it's it's, it's very clear cut to me that which is why which is exactly why you can have a small country town which way, which may not ostensibly change the, the the demographics but the local sentiment can change and when the local sentiment changes property prices start to go up significantly Mm-hmm. Now, this has happened time and, time and 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 time again, which is why when you actually look at the statistics, um, you'll find that a lot of regional centres outperform the capitals, almost actually, almost exclusively. If you really wanted to just take that capitals versus regionals perspective, capitals are a waste of money, all Right? Now, there's a few, there's a few nuances <laughs> in there. There are a few nuances in there to unpack, but if you just want to look at uh, like… Um, growth statistics you're much you'll find much better stuff in regionals if you look now that being said i'm not i'm not saying everyone go invest in country towns by any means like there is a value in investing in capitals but you has got to look at your strategy i'm getting off point my point is how can you actually check like how do you know like because a, a, a local government uh, election is going to do a hell of a lot more for property prices a state government election a federal election anytime there's an election it's going gonna, it's gonna to massively sway property prices. Now, also anytime there is an improvement or some new thing in the town, which is exactly why councils do things like have commu- have community days or like the Easter show. And there's a reason that they pump millions and millions and millions of millions of dollars into non-commercial community benefit activities because it increases, it props up the sentiment. So... I wanted to just give people a little snapshot about how they can do that. If you're looking at an area, if you, if you, if you follow some statistical data and you've gone, okay, I think that this area might be really good. I mean, it's sort of, I don't know, like how can you tell what's going on there without going and moving to the town and asking everyone? Well, it's pretty simple. You can check what's happening in the news because the language that is in the media that people consume mm-hmm. will drive sentiment massively. You know, if, and, and, and if the media is saying, the world's going to end, everything's going to, you're all going to die, then naturally everyone's like, oh my God, the world's going to end and we're all going to die. If the media is saying, how great is our town? Darren, just down the road, uh, just found the world's largest earthworm and... Mary has grown the biggest pumpkin that we've seen in the last ten years, and she's going to have it on display down at local community market. How good is our community? How good mm-hmm. is life? People are going to be like, "Yes, Tazza, show us your big, show us your big worm!" Right, and it's going to change, <laughs> and it's going to change the sentiment. Right, it does. Look, yeah, it does. Totally. It just does. All right, and so if if you want to get a snapshot on that, here's a little tip: just go to. Um, Google.com.au forward slash alerts. Google.com.au forward slash alerts. Now, if you want to um, understand what's going on in a town, literally just go in there, you can create an alert about an area. So you, let's just say the area is, I don't know, Narrabri, right? I uh, knew that
1: was going. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's say it's, let's say it's Yamba. Right? We all lo- we'll love Yamba. Right? Put in Yamba and then you'll get an alert. You can set daily, weekly, how often you want to get alerts about it, but you can get an alert direct to your inbox which will tell you any, any news stories that mention Yamba. And over time, when you do your research, you'll go, okay, are these good stories? Are they bad stories? You'll also pick up really interesting things that you probably didn't know about projects, about politics, about, you know, whatever. And this is what's going to give you an insight into the people and the way they think.
1: Yeah. You mentioned something interesting there as well. It's not so much about what the news outlets say, but how they're saying it.
0: Yeah. It's, oh, it's totally. It's,
1: the I don't know, the essence that comes out when they're in the way that they speak about their area.
0: Yeah. It's all it's all in the language patterns. Mm. Right. Yeah. And, and and the way that the way the way that the media talks about an area is the way that people think about the area. So yeah.
1: I like to think of this as well. It's something to look out for. because um, psychographics is it's a marketing skill, right? Marketers and businesses that practice marketing spend a lot of resources understanding the psychographics of their market and their potential clients and customers. So I like to think of looking for other businesses and other entities that are already spending a lot to understand the psychographics of the area and they're already like they might be five, six, seven steps ahead of everyone else because they're dedicated to understanding this and predicting it before everyone else. So if you think about like on a micro level, I like the idea of if there's new developments coming up in your area, really understanding what like style changes they're bringing in. So if it's a little estate, like what kind of facilities are they bringing in? Are they planning a yoga studio? Are they, is there more backyard space? Is there, you know, if it's an apartment building, is there like a cinema or is there like a shared office space in there or, And the idea of that is they don't do that because it's, you know, out of the kindness of their heart. Developers don't do that really. They do it because there's a demand for that kind of facility. Uh, So I just think of that, I think of it from a marketing perspective. It's interesting to look out for the businesses and the other people that do a lot of marketing and they're usually five steps ahead of predicting the psychographic changes. Yeah, Because they do the market research. They do the surveys. They go, what do you, what are they you missing? They spend billions
0: on it. Yeah. They spend billions on understanding what type of shopping strips they're going to put in that development and why. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because yeah, you see like recently you'll see like there's more that have more outdoor space and they'll have like shops, of, strips of shops in that development. And there'll be trees inside and like there's this, these shifts to quality over quantity I suppose versus – you might go in an, in an area that's not a good growth prospect that just have the cookie-cutter development land estates that don't really care about investing in things that will improve the quality of their life. Mm. Yeah.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Well, look, I hope this episode's been um, practical and and helpful. And you're right, this all stemmed from a a comment or a small part in one of our members' trainings inside our membership site. So if you do want to um, join that community so you can be exposed to more of these kind of conversations and deep analysis and uh, robust advancements of your own methodology, just head to theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community awesome
1: awesome
0: i really enjoyed this gabby so and i'm enjoying this sort of a new format that um where we're, we're testing out where you're um coming at with me with some more questions so let's keep let's keep it going I'm trying
1: let's to trying to squeeze the knowledge from that brain of yours let's
0: crack it let's crack, open let's crack the it egg. up let's, cra- <laughs> let's crack open the egg see what see what comes out all right guys thanks for joining us today we hope you've enjoyed it if you have enjoyed this um, please um, share it with someone, just one person. If everyone shared it with one person, that would be really, really amazing. We are passionately dedicated to empowering Australia's real estate investors and advancing people's real estate journey. And this is just one way that we do that. And if this has been of value to you, if you found any interesting part in it, please just share it around. If it doesn't cost anything to share it. It means a hell of a lot to us. Um, it's hugely important to us sharing our message and spreading what we do. So also make sure you you know, subscribe and like and do all of that kind of stuff. If you're watching it on YouTube, give us a little hoorah down the bottom. Whatever it is, interact because interaction means a lot to us, and it also means actually means that we can spread our message further. So it's super, super cheap, super free. You can just like, like share, t- a tell thumb, a friend,
1: just click the thumb. Yeah, I mean it doesn't cost
0: anything. You know, we 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 are passionate about giving you our time, and all we ask in return is a small favor that you support what we do and our message. Only if you only if you've found it valuable. If you think that this is rubbish, feel free to never listen again. But if you do find it valuable, tell someone about it and help them share the love too. And if you want to find out one of the or any of the many, many, many ways that we can service you on your property investing, personal wealth, and life journey, just head to theinvestorlab.com.au. We've got We've got books, we've got podcasts, we've got free resources, we've got community and also you can work with us um, to do it all for you if you want to buy an agent because that's what we do too. So we can go buy your house. If you would like an investment property and don't want to do any of the work and can't be bothered trying to understand uh, psychographics, we'll do the
1: work for you. We'll
0: do the work for you. We do it every day and we love it. So (laughs) so feel free to um, get in touch with us there. Um, We'd love to help you too. Um, So um, yeah. We'll see you on the inside. Awesome. Thanks for for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. See you guys.